0: Oh, shit, here we go again. Oh, 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 oh. Let's get ready for takeoff.
1: And we are back on the road to glory, chasing our dreams, building every day. You know, Steph, you, you have a tweet that you tweet a lot. Um, Not dead yet. Love that tweet. Shit just gets me hyped. So it <laughs> uh, just make, makes me feel highly inspired because that's just, that's really the whole mantra and really just the vibe of this whole podcast, too. So that's really dope. But I'm your host as usual, Sean. Uh, I'm here joined today by Steph. What's good, Steph?
0: Man, I'm feeling great. Every day is another day closer to the season. And we're real close at this point.
1: Real close. I mean, this week, I mean, it's just a handful of days away. I think it's five or six at this point. You said five earlier. Yeah. Um, week zero game. So it's not, it's a little palate cleanser, a little, a little uh, charcuterie board, right? The little finger foods at the wedding that you get to dibble and dabble on before the main course. Um, but hey, it's still football. I mean, uh, we, we got some NFL football the past couple of weeks with preseason kicking off and Uh, It's been dope to see all those games going on. It's a lot of second, third, fourth uh, stringers and and people just looking for roster spots that are playing. But, I mean, football is football for the true junkies and sickos like us. Uh, It's dope just to have that ability to be able to turn on my TV, kick back, and and know there's going to be some sort of football on my TV. If I'm not fully locked into the game, it's just great to have it on in the background while I'm doing whatever. Uh, it's, It's my favorite time of the year for sure. But we got a kind of a big show today, a little bit of a special show today Um, with all the realignment talks that we've focused on throughout the summer. Me and Steph thought it would be a great idea to do our own uh, realignment. Uh, We actually haven't seen each other's uh, conferences or or divisions or realignment list yet, Uh, but we, we, we both decided to go for the Power Five schools just to make it a little bit easier for us, instead of all 128 uh, Division One schools, uh, but we took the power. Oh, 5. I actually did all of them. <laughs> well, Steph's the goat, so <laughs> I did. I didn't do all of them. I did Power Five, but that's fine. That's that, it's it's fine. Um, so we're gonna go through. We're gonna we're gonna go through that, and then we'll talk a little bit about Week Zero um, towards the end of the show, um, and then we do plan on coming back a little bit later on this week, and we'll give. Um, our conference predictions and our season preview um, with our Heisman picks and stuff like that um, on that show. But for now, Steph, all right. So you did do all 128, including the group of five schools and, and things of that nature. So why don't you go ahead and, and since you have the bigger list, we'll start, we'll dive into yours and then I'll, I'll give tidbits of mine, I guess, throughout depending on where we could, we could fit it in. But how did you do this? Like, what was your thought process where did you start?
0: So basically what I did was I kind of thought about it as if if I was the god of college football, right? I just align the teams based on geography the best I can. Mm-hmm. So this isn't really regards to, you know, obviously T V deals and anything like that. So I basically just took the teams and I tried to keep the conference – the numbers of teams in the conferences even and around the same number, but there's some imperfections. Like there's some conferences with with 13. I think there's one conference with like 16 teams just because there's a whole bunch of teams packed close together and it didn't really make sense to put them in another conference. So I really just just did it the best I can based on geography. And there's a couple things I might change – when I think about it now, but I'll get into that a little later. So I kind of use the template of how there's 10 conferences already in, in college football. So I kind of just took 10 conferences and there's actually 133 teams now. It's it's getting out of control. Wow, I didn't even know that. And I, yeah, I guess and that makes I divided. Sense a
1: couple of teams have like James Madison moved up. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. So yep. that does make sense. I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Exactly. So yeah, the, and there's there's constantly teams are moving up and moving down, down every yeah. year. So it kinda it kinda changes. So so I just did for the teams that are currently FBS right now, and there's 133, and I just divided them into ten conferences, and there's no independence. So okay. Notre Dame, you're in a conference, buddy. <laughs> so I guess we'll just start um on the East Coast. Um the first one I did was the Yankee conference. And it has Syracuse, Buffalo, UMass, Boston College, Army, Yukon, Rutgers, Penn State, Pitt, Temple, West Virginia, Maryland, and Navy. Hmm. So hmm.
1: this is – I do – go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I like – my first reaction is I like that conference, but Penn State kind of sticks out to me. I guess institutionally it fits amongst the other – schools in that conference but when i'm looking at this from a football perspective i mean they go undefeated in conference play every single year and and dominate like <laughs> yeah. they literally are like 12 and 0 pretty much not 12 and 0 because if they play out of conference but that's mm-hmm. a pretty easy conference for them i feel like but go ahead continue. but here's the thing go ahead yeah yeah go ahead, go ahead.
0: but I, but i will say this and there's going to be a lot of things like that
1: yeah of course but
0: if you look at it like this, like because all the teams kind of are at a certain level right now, right? But yeah, if you think about it, over time, and you know, obviously there's different schools with different money and things like that, but but over time, things will start to even out because, yes, Penn State is the big dog in this conference right now, but yeah. there will also be another team that goes 10-2, 11-1, and things Don't like that. Rutgers. Well, so they, exactly. If you have a team like that, <laughs> that has a really good record for years and years that time, it'll it'll help them and help their recruiting. And and you could see a, a team like a Rutgers or, or a Pitt or something like that end up getting getting way better. So that's the other thing too is with the geography Wait, being you the Pitt, name, I didn't I didn't
1: hear Pitt. Pitt's a good team and that yeah they're good. That was nice Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um Pitts in there, Temple, West Virginia, Maryland. So, you know, that's the other thing when when you just separate it by geography there's going to be teams that typically play against each other all the time that don't play against each other now. So, um, yeah, I'll continue. And then the second one was the Appalachia Conference. So this is all teams from around Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. It has Marshall, JMU, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Liberty, Old Dominion, Appalachian State, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Duke, NC State, East Carolina, Charlotte, Clemson, South Carolina, and Coastal Carolina.
1: Ooh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. I like that conference.
0: Yeah, I think this might be my favorite one out of all of them. And this is the one with 16 teams. It just has so many teams. And I thought about kind of taking some out and putting them in other conferences just to keep the numbers more even. But to me, it just didn't really make sense. Um, The only one that I really thought about putting in another conference was Marshall. Because if you look at a map and see where each team is actually located, regardless of the state borders, Marshall is kind of out the way. So that's one thing that I might change is move Marshall to another conference because there is a conference where like Kentucky and Ohio and, and those teams. Mm -hmm. So I might put Marshall over there because but, it, but it, it doesn't really make the most sense. So I just kept it with the Virginia and in, um, in, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. But, yeah, I really, I really like that one a lot. And um, the next is the Southeastern Conference. Not to get confused with the real-life Southeastern Conference. <laughs> this is literally the Southeast. As Southeast as it gets. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Florida State, Florida, Central Florida, Miami, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, and South Florida. So it's really just Florida and Georgia teams. And this one was was a little more easy because there's just so many teams in those two states that it really just made sense for them to just be a conference, you know.
1: Um,
0: So I'm looking at there's – There's actually 11 teams, and that was another thing. I thought about putting Tennessee and Vandy in there, but I ended up not doing that, and I put them in a, in a different one. Um, the next one is the Deep South Conference, which is Jacksonville State, not to get confused with Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville State, Alabama, Auburn, Troy, UAB South Alabama Ole Miss Mississippi State Southern Miss Tulane LSU Louisiana Lafayette Louisiana Tech and Louisiana Monroe so you have all the the Louisiana and Alabama teams Mississippi teams playing against each other in the deep south so and this is this one would probably be the strongest one you have Alabama and LSU, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Auburn, all in the same conference. So in terms of just football, with how the teams currently are right now, that one would probably be the strongest conference, honestly.
1: Yeah, that, that does sound like a on paper the strongest right now, of the ones that you've named.
0: Mm-hmm. And the next is the Lone Star Conference, so you couldn't tell by the name, every single (laughs) one of these teams is in Texas. Texas. That's crazy to have
1: There's that many teams that you can have a full Texas.
0: Right, right, right. And it just shows you how big Texas is as a state. People don't even realize how big Texas is just in in land. So it really just made sense to put all of them in one conference. So Texas, Texas Tech, North Texas, SMU, TCU, Texas A&M. UTSA, UTEP, Houston, Baylor, Rice, Texas State, and
1: Sam Houston State. I like a pretty strong conference. I mean, it's te- I mean all right. the Texas schools are going to be good, too, especially right. when you think about all the states in uh, America, obviously. <laughs> I don't know where else. But <laughs> no, when you think about all the states and that produce the top high school talent, Texas is probably the first one that comes to mind alongside of obviously like Cali, Florida, Georgia. Um, so yeah, I think that conference would be fun. It'd be cool to see like the the recruiting battles between each of the Texas schools to keep those all those kids home, and, and, and where yeah. the top recruits would go.
0: Yeah, and there's freaking thirteen teams in that state. Thirteen yeah. teams in that state is crazy. That is insane. And this one, I didn't even know what to name it. I just called it the Middle Conference because it was just, it's just in the middle. It's not really the Midwest. It's not the South. It's not really the north. It's just kind of in the middle. So here it is. Middle Tennessee State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Western Kentucky, Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, Miami of Ohio, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ball State, Purdue, and Illinois. So this this is the area where I kind of – might change things if I if I did it over again uh-huh. with this conference and in the next conference that I'm going to talk about, because I didn't know how to separate it geographically, honestly. So I'll just I'll just say the next conference, um, the, which is the Great Lakes Conference, which is Ohio State, Notre Dame, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, 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 Michigan State, Northwestern, Northern Illinois. Wisconsin and Minnesota. So okay, I, so you could see how, yeah. if you're looking at a map, the Great Lakes conference obviously surrounds the Great Lakes. It has you know Minnesota, you know Iowa, uh, mm-hmm. not Iowa. Uh, you know, the Michigans, Northwestern Wisconsin. So I wanted to keep that one more towards the north and the middle conferences is more towards the south. But I don't really I didn't really know how to do it differently honestly, so that's just kind of how it came out and and also trying to keep it keep the numbers relatively even um I also the middle conference is also where I almost put Marshall because I thought it it did make a little sense with having Vandy and the Kentucky schools you know Tennessee and then having. Marshall which is all the way on the west part of West Virginia if you look at a map it it is close to those teams over there it's at, it's close to Ohio it's close to Kentucky so I almost put Marshall in there but since it is in West Virginia I did keep it with the the Virginia teams but the only thing is West Virginia is in the Yankee Conference, I think. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't know. See, so now that I'm looking at it, I might still move Marshall to the middle conference just because the Appalachia Conference has so many teams. But it's not really that big of a deal to me, honestly. I think it's fine.
1: How did you? I mean, I don't think that it's that big of a deal. All right, so the next conference
0: is the Great Plains Conference. I talked about the Great Lakes. Now it's the Great Plains. Mm-hmm. This one is Kansas State, <laughs> Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, Arkansas, Arkansas State, Iowa, Iowa State, and Memphis. You might be saying, wait, mm. Memphis is in Tennessee. Why is it say, with yeah. the rest of Tennessee? If you look at where Memphis is on the map, it's literally next, next to, to the Arkansas. border of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it it's right next to all the Great Plains teams and I also did it to kind of keep the conferences relatively even in the number of teams. Yeah. And I almost put Iowa and Iowa State in the Great Lakes, but Iowa doesn't actually touch the Great Lakes, so i put it with the Great Plains. And there would have been way too many teams in that conference. So pretty much every team that's in the Great Lakes Conference, the the state actually touches the Great Lakes. So, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, those states all border the Great Lakes. So I got to at least make the name make sense. And then here's the Rocky Mountain Conference. Which is Wyoming, BYU, Utah, Utah State, Colorado, Colorado State, Air Force, New Mexico, New Mexico State, Boise State, Nevada, UNLV, Arizona, and Arizona State. This is another one with a bunch of teams, I think.
1: How many teams was that? Oh, it has 14. 14?
0: A bunch of them have 14, though. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
1: I like that conference. That'd be a fun conference. Definitely. Definitely. Those are a lot of like – I know it's, I know you're doing a lot of geography-based, but those schools seem to be like kind of even based off of – Yeah, yeah. Now. This
0: is the most wide open one. Yeah, I it think.
1: does seem very wide open. Like anybody <laughs> can win that.
0: Yeah. And then the last one is the West Coast Conference, not to be confused with the real-life West Coast Conference. Um, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State – Stanford, Cal, Fresno State, San Jose State, USC, UCLA, San Diego State, and Hawaii. Hawaii was another tricky one because yeah. they're so far on the Pacific that I almost made them the only independent. But I just figured since everybody else is in is in a conference, I'll just put Hawaii in there and it helped this conference make it to 12 teams. And another change that I thought about doing was instead of doing like a Rocky Mountain Conference and then a West Coast Conference to kind of take those two and draw a line in between them, North and South, and make like a Pacific Northwest Conference and and have a a Southwest Conference. So that was another change I thought about doing. But I kind of like the Rocky and the West Coast Conference, though. But the thing, see, the thing about it is if I if I did the other way, having Pacific Northwest and then having Southwest,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: would be divided more even in terms of the programs because you would have Oregon, Washington in the north, and then you would have USC, UCLA down in the south. So it would be divided a little more evenly in terms of football, but I think both are, are pretty good.
1: And that you said that was your last one, right?
0: Yeah, that's it. That's, it. that's that hit the whole country, man. Yeah, you <laughs> From really east did. To west. But
1: I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like for the most part, there weren't many like conferences that seemed too imbalanced or like they wouldn't actually work. I, I feel like that would actually not be a bad look for college football if it was like that. Like that seems like it would it would have it should it should kind of be like that, just right, based on right. where the schools are gr- are grouped you know what i mean
0: right and here's the thing about it um in this world that i that i would like to create <laughs> there wouldn't be any um auto bids for the okay for the the bowl games or anything like that because it would just go to whatever the highest ranked conference champions are so you can't say that a certain conference you know is is automatically better than another it would just have to be Y'all gotta play it out on the field for it, so because you know how real life, like traditionally, the Rose Bowl is Pac twelve versus Big Ten, yep. and then um, what's the Sugar Bowl, the SEC champion and and, um, and somebody,
1: A like C or Big Ten? It, wait, Sugar Bowl? I am trying to think because Florida Sugar just played Bowl in the is Sugar Bowl. Is the SEC? I think it's. I know we have played Michigan, and I think it was the All State Sugar Bowl under yeah. in like twenty eighteen under Dan Mullen's first year. I think it, I think it was. But it changes, I guess, right? Depending on if it's going to yeah. be a, a playoff game. Yeah, or not. the
0: playoff game. The playoff game changes that. But, but I remember before in the BCS days. It was the Rose Bowl was Pac twelve and even Pac ten versus Big Ten. Then I think the Sugar Bowl was a SEC champion. I forgot who played, but yeah, I remember if I remember correctly, the Big East champion played the Sugar Bowl back in the back in the day. Um, you know the Orange Bowl, so. So there wouldn't be any auto bids like that, like a, like if you win a cert like a certain conference, just yeah. automatically gets a bowl game. So it would just be the highest ranked conferences get to play the the best bowl games, and and that's how it would be decided. So I think it would even be more fun because because you would have teams that that won a conference and and then maybe they didn't get to uh, to get to a. a a a big bowl game because they weren't, they aren't ranked high enough, but you know, there wouldn't be, because there wouldn't be no three loss conference champion in a, in the big bowl game or anything like that. So you would still have to win all, all, basically all your games.
1: Yeah. So I guess it would even out. So you'd still probably get the best of the best regardless. Yeah. One way or another.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, was like how all the traditional, a lot of traditional rivals, we're, we're separated. I don't know if you realize, like, like, Texas, Oklahoma are in different conferences. Michigan, Ohio State are in different conferences. But, like, I guess you could play those games non-conference, honestly.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because non-conference will still exist, right? You're not trying to get rid of non-conference. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah, so then.
0: Oh, if if I was making the schedules, <laughs> there would be a lot more premier matchups non-conference. <laughs> yeah. There would at least be one. I would let you play two cupcakes, but you got to give me at least one power five matchup. Like what Georgia's doing and what Michigan doing this year should not be allowed. Just saying.
1: And then you see what Florida's doing.
0: Yeah. I respect Florida. They are going up to Utah. I don't know if they're ready. Y'all ready?
1: Oh, we're about to beat the brakes off those guys. <laughs> Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. We'll see, we'll Is see. It, it's gonna be bad. Um,
0: we'll see. I'm hearing, I'm hearing good things bro. about Graham merch but I, I'll believe it when so I here's, see
1: it. So real quick, real quick. Um, Cam Rising. First off, Winningham—that's Wh- the name, right? The head coach. Yeah. yeah. He said that he's not, he's not gonna feel comfortable playing Cam Rising unless he was practicing fourteen <laughs> like days out. Cam, Cam, he has been practicing, but he's been limited. Um, he's still limited. I also heard that their backup quarterback days. got hurt. Their backup quarterback not only did he get hurt, he got sent to the hospital. Right, so they're on their third string yeah. and fourth string quarterback in practice right now. Cam Rising, like I said, he's practicing a little bit, but he's limited. So even if Cam Rising does wind up playing, he's not going to be—he's not going to be a hundred percent. And and let's be honest about Cam Rising. What makes him a, a top tier quarterback is not necessarily his arm talent, yeah, it's but it's his leg. legs, right? And if he's not going to really be able to use his legs to his full ability, I'm sure he might be able to run a little bit. And I'm not going to say he's going to be completely useless because I'm sure he's had time to recover and he's feeling okay. But he's not going to be the cam rising uh, you would see uh, if he had a couple extra weeks or another month to recover. Um, So, yeah, uh, sure, it's going to be tough to go play in that stadium with altitude and and Utah's a good defense and some other players. But they lost their top DB uh they lost their top middle linebacker um they, they lost one of their top tight ends uh like I said I, I'm, it's not going to be the game but I'm not I'm not worried about the boys for real
0: yeah uh, and that's I, what I was trying to tell people like he tore his ACL in January bro yeah you know and and people always think oh well Adrian Peterson recovered in 9 months and all that but First of all, it's not even nine months yet. We're still on month eight in August, right? And and it normally takes people a year to recover from an ACL tear. Yeah. 365 days, a calendar year. So he's probably not going to be 100% till the end of the season.
1: Exactly. So it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't really make much sense to me that people are actually feeling like I mean the line opened up at eight plus eight for Utah so that means people thought Utah would win by eight points or more Um, now it is currently down to six and a half so people are only favoriting Utah now by a touchdown Um, and I expect that line to continue to drop as the game approaches Um, honestly this
0: game I, I don't even know what to think because of this, because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I still don't expect much from Florida on offense. But no, no, I hear you. I don't you. No, I expect understand much that. from Utah.
1: Yeah, I just – I think we're good enough to be Utah, and I think we're good enough to win like eight, nine games. But I don't oh, think this, we're – This
0: game could go either way, bro. Oh, for I'm sure. You. They're good
1: enough and to And it's going to be
0: wild too. That's, that's what I feel like. It's either going to be one of those games that's like six to three in the fourth quarter – <laughs> or it's just gonna be wild, like with a bunch of turnovers and, and you know, there's gonna be like a kick return touchdown or something like that. It's just it's gonna be a wild game. And you know the crowd's gonna be insane.
1: So health is gonna be a fun one too. Yeah. Um But all right, let me go ahead and get into my realignment. So like I said, I didn't do the group of any group of five teams. I just did the Power Five conferences um, plus Notre Dame. Um just because Notre Dame is a little bit clouded. And so what I did actually here was my process. So you left Notre Dame independent? No. I added them to a conference. Oh, okay. Um so my my uh my process was I went to each team and each uh conference and I gave them a 1, 2, or 3, depending on what tier I put them in, 1 being the highest, 3 being the lowest. And then I pretty much split them into the current Power 3 that we know or that is going to be in 2024, the the SEC, the Big 10, and the Big 12. And then I also had a coast-to-coast conference, which is filled with a lot of leftover teams that didn't make it into my new Power 3. So I'll go through it. And once I start to explain it a little bit more, I think it'll start to make sense. So I also did this to try to keep balance within all of these conferences. So, for example, my tier one teams were... Um, there's a lot of personal bias on this list, right? So <laughs> don't get or mad better at everybody. Not be in the they're not a tier one. They're not, they're not, they're not. Uh, but like... No, I don't know. Uh, I just based, just based off like... The overall success over the past, like, playoff era, and like maybe I shouldn't necessarily say that because one of the teams here is a little bit wa- – no, I guess not. Right, I'm just going to get into it. Tier 1 is Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, Bama, Georgia, um, USC being on the West Coast, uh, South uh, – South, uh, not South Carolina, uh, Southern California and Oregon. Tier 2 is Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, UNC, Florida, Tennessee, a and Auburn, Washington, Utah, UCLA, and, and Ole Miss. And then tier three is Texas Tech, Kansas State, Iowa State, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, Minnesota, Pitt, FSU, Miami, Kentucky, Louisville, uh, USC Junior, NC State, <laughs> Mississippi State, Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford. And then I left a few teams off. I didn't give them any number. Those those guys were four, and they got put in the coast-to-coast uh, Coast conference. Those teams are Colorado, Stanford, Vandy, Mizzou, archie UVA, Purdue, Northwestern, Nebraska, Rutgers, Illinois, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Duke, Boston College, in, in the, uh, Indiana, and NC State. And mind you, I did this based off of football. Obviously, there's some prominent programs on this, in this conference and other sports, but we're a football podcast, so I base this off of football. So, yeah, those are my tiers. Those are the teams, whatever, whatever. So for the SEC, um, I have – I didn't change much for the SEC. I have LSU, Bama, Georgia, Texas, Florida, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Tennessee, A&M, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. And by the way, each of the power three conferences have 12 teams. And then uh the Coast to Coast Conference has 18 teams, I believe. Um, so there's two divisions in each of the power three conferences. So the SEC has the East, which is uh Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky. And then the West is LSU, Bama, Texas, Ole miss AM, and Mississippi State. Uh, Quick thoughts on SEC.
0: Um, I mean, I don't really, I don't really Sounds have valid. anything. Yeah. I don't really have anything I would change. The only difference between you and me is that, I don't know if I said it before, but in mine, I didn't have any divisions. So yeah. it, for me, it would just be top two teams playing for conference championship. So that's why I, that's another reason why I didn't really worry about having an odd number of teams or anything like that. Yeah. So if you have divisions, it's it's it works out a little better if you have an even number, so that would be the only mm. thing I would I would look out for. Yeah,
1: in the coast to coast, I I didn't have any divisions. I was just going to be a, a conference wide. Yeah, thing. yeah.
0: And you said you are um, you have twelve in all of them, so
1: twelve. Yep. So yeah, so Texas um, is in the SEC. Uh, Oklahoma is not in the in my SEC. Um, Vandy got kicked out. Arky got kicked out. Mizzou got kicked Thank out. Thank
0: the Lord, Kick Vandy out. Oh my goodness! Yeah,
1: um, Mississippi State barely <laughs> made it by a thread, barely hanging on by a thread. They made it. Um. So yeah, so yeah, I like that. I, I think it's uh, I almost put Clemson there, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about Clemson next with the Big Ten. So for the Big Ten, um, I put Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, UCF, Pitt, NC. Wait, NC State. NC state Iowa UNC FSU in Miami NC state should not be down here then I had had a typo <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's fine um, so for the I had the two divisions being the north and the south um, the north is Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Pitt, Iowa, and Penn State, and then the south is UNC FSU, Miami, Clemson UCF. And, oh, I didn't mean to put NC State. I meant to put Notre Dame. Notre Dame is in this as well. Not NC State. That was where the typo was. I was, I was like, NC State? Like, why? What do, what do I mean, NC State? Notre Dame. So, yeah, though that is my Big Ten. Big Ten's packed and crowded as usual. And if I don't know if you've noticed, but it is still kind of aligned. Like, I don't really have any of the West Coast teams grouped with either of these two. Uh, conferences. I have the Big 12 being my West Coast Conference. Um, That features Oklahoma, Oregon, USC, UCLA, Texas Tech, Utah, TCU, Baylor, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Washington. Um, In the East, it would be Oklahoma, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, and Iowa State. And in the West, it would be Oregon, USC, UCLA, Utah, Arizona State, and Washington. Um, and then, like I had mentioned earlier, that Coast to Coast conference is just filled with the leftover teams um, that I didn't feel like were power football worthy. They have their own little mini power conference as my fourth conference called the Coast to Coast um, that would be my my second my secondary division of football and then we'd move on from there but i don't know doing this doing this exercise really just made me realize how wacky this shit really is like yeah yeah all like all of this shit is really just based off tv deals and clout pretty much
0: yep <laughs> like, yep and your coast-to-coast Coast conference is almost like the real-life American conference because that conference has teams all the way from, like, Texas to, to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So it has, yeah, has, has teams from Texas, Florida, and then, like, the Northeast, too. It's wild.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go through some of these teams again. I have just Colorado, Stanford, Nebraska, Illinois, uh, Mizzou, Rutgers, Vandy, Georgia Tech, Uh, Boston College, Syracuse, uh, Wake Forest, Northwestern. So, yeah, every corner of the map uh, was definitely touched in that conference. So I thought that was a pretty cool one. And I feel like um, what I really wanted to do was kind of promote, like, put all the best teams in the best conferences. So I just tried to put a lot of name brand schools together to kind of promote pretty much every game I feel like in all of these divisions or I mean, all of these conferences would produce a a pretty interesting matchup. Like, I mean, you look at the, the SEC and if you, if you play everybody in in your division once a year, and then you play teams from the West and out of conference, like you're getting some pretty good matchups. You look at my big 10 North or big 10 South, for example, you're getting UNC FSU, UNC Miami, Clemson FSU, Clemson, Notre Dame. You're getting UCF Miami, UCF, FSU every single year on top of getting those Ohio State Notre Dame matchups, Ohio State Clemson matchups, Pitt UNC games like so I, that's what I really tried to focus on was getting a lot of the big teams like even in the Big 12 I tried to get Oklahoma and and, and Baylor and the TCU grouped in with teams like Oregon and USC cuz I just think those matchups would be freaking amazing to watch. Facts. But um yeah, bro. I think that was that was actually definitely pretty fun. I wish I would have done all one hundred and thirty three. <laughs> do you, do you know how you would do was, it though? Was taking it there. Do you know how you would do it though? I mean, I feel like I would definitely group of five them. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would still maintain my. power So you would have like all the
0: power five teams and then the group of five teams. Yeah,
1: I would definitely. I would definitely keep the group of five. I kind of like that. D1, one A kind of vibe like we're all technically still playing the same division but it's an obvious skill gap because um, I just I don't know I like I feel like um, the bigger schools, it would just be more interesting that way rather than yeah. seeing um, certain schools grouped with other schools because of whatever So, but yeah, I think I would definitely keep that like group of five model and add that. And I think, like I said, if I would maybe get rid of this this coast to coast conference and add this batch of teams mixed in with that group of five level teams. And I think that would kind of shake it up like substantially because you mentioned it when you're talking about your alignment, um, grouping a team like Penn State with schools like Rutgers and Syracuse and, and Pitt. And just based off geography, may not make sense initially because there's a big gap, but that would kind of raise the skill ceiling for everybody else around them. So I feel like adding these 17 schools in my Coast to Coast Conference into that mix of teams like SMU, JMU, and all the other smaller group of five teams that are really up and coming, Tulane, Tulsa, all those schools, that'd be fire, actually. Yeah. Um, we get some really good games and, that would eventually, hopefully, elevate these teams on the level of this Power 3 that I manufactured. That I kind of yeah, stole because yeah. it's, it's looking like that Power 3 is already going to be a thing regardless. I mean, oh, obviously, yeah, Oregon yeah. And, and USC are joining the, the Big 10, not the Big 12. And, um, some well, schools and the, and the, the, the Big ACC 12, is already on its way out. Yep, and the ACC will eventually evaporate. Well, because of the TV deal, right? I guess it, it does have some longevity for now. Yeah, until 2036. six. I would say, but as soon as that TV deal is able to get, like, voided or absolved or something, um, I think you're right. The ACC will probably be gone for sure. I mean, they've already – Florida State has already made it known that they don't want to be in the, the conference. Clemson has already hinted at wanting to join the Big Ten, so just a matter of time.
0: Yeah. My, my thing is just is when does a team – when does this bubble pop? That's my only my only thing because it happens in every single situation. Whenever you accumulate too much, eventually you have to let something go. So mm-hmm. I don't know if, if one of these conferences collapses or they have to, to drop a team out. And I don't think it's entirely that likely. And this, this probably won't happen until at least – like 20 years from now or something like that. Because remember, there's only been one time in the history of the sport where a team has been kicked out of the conference. And it was in the nineties when Temple got kicked out of the Big biggies. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that that that's something that's just going to happen. People always joke about Vandy getting kicked out of the sec because they've been bad, right. but, but Vandy is yeah. an original member. So they've been yep. there since like 1910 or whatever. So
1: they're Same thing not about Rutgers in the Big out. Ten. Huh? Same thing with Rutgers in the Big Ten. I know everybody's always talking about Rutgers. Oh, in yeah, the Big yeah, Ten, yeah. like it's just yeah. you, you, you rarely see that happen. Like it have to be like an actual negative, like to have them in the conference for them to get kicked out. Like it have to be hurting the conference because yeah, even and, them just being horrible does not hurt the conference. Like I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And and Temple got kicked out of the Big East because. I think the official reason was was them uh not it was basically them not really putting any resources into football yeah and, and trying to get better. So so for that to happen, they must have been horrible. Like the facilities and this is even for nineties. So you gotta think about how bad the facilities must have been. Yeah. The stadium. I think now they play in the Eagles stadium, but I don't know what was going on in the nineties. They must have not have cared about football at all, even worse than Rutgers and Cal do now, for them to get kicked out of the biggies in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So you know, this isn't this is not something that I think is gonna happen anytime soon, but just just looking at every other area in life. I mean, we're even seeing that with Disney right now. People thought that Disney was all powerful. Nobody is all powerful. Disney bought Marvel, they bought Star Wars, they bought ESPN, and now they're looking like they're going to have to sell a bunch of stuff off because they're they're just not making the money that they've been making all this time. So, again, it's like you just can't – you can't accumulate things forever. There's always a limit. So I I don't really think that this will be a sport where conferences have 25 teams or anything like that just because – no, there, there's not really enough money to go around for everybody. So no, so maybe I mean, there, there will be a little bit of a reset, and we'll see. Uh, uh maybe a power five come back or something like that. But mm-hmm. at least for the time being, it looks like it's consolidating.
1: Right, and then um, a few of the conferences have already like the SEC has already mentioned that they're cool at sixteen. I think they're at right now with um Texas yep. and. And Oklahoma joining, they mentioned that they don't want to expand anymore. Uh, The Big Ten mentioned that the max they would even take is twenty, and they're already at eighteen. So yeah, just the even the Big Twelve told a couple people no at this point. So yeah, it's definitely. I don't think we'll ever see a point where we'll see like mega conferences with like thirty teams in them, or like you said, twenty whatever teams in them. But um, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. You know, there's an old saying, history likes to repeat itself. So um, maybe this is just what we'll have to go through now. And in 20 years, we'll be back to the original Power 5, how we grew up watching it. But um, yep. for now, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the change overall. I'm excited for 2024, what it's to bring. I've, I'm not a big fan of the playoffs. And we've talked about stream. We actually haven't talked about it on this podcast. Um, I know you're, you're definitely a fan of Expansion. I I'm not totally against expansion. I would just like to see more parody before we do right. stuff. But and I guess go ahead.
0: Well and and in with the playoffs, to me it was more about the matchups. Like I think I think if if the scheduling of college football was changed, I I wouldn't be so adamant about the playoff expansion, but Mm-hmm. That's really the main thing I think now that I, that I think about it, that I've thought about it a lot is the scheduling of college football needs to change. Right. Um. You know, I'm not even against going back to the BCS or anything like that,
1: honestly. I love the BCS. There, I mean, I never thought it was an issue to begin with.
0: But well, yeah, there, there was nothing wrong with the BCS. I don't think there was ever a team that won the national t- title that we thought shouldn't be there. So. You know the BCS, the BCS era was was a great era. It had a lot of chaos and things like that. Definitely. So, I just I just think that the scheduling needs to change because, like I said, if 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 you were getting matchups like like Penn State versus Ole Miss Week One,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would be it would be way better instead right. of having teams play three cupcakes.
1: Right. But and you now, wouldn't mind only four teams in the playoffs,
0: mm-hmm. exactly. And then and now with with the playoffs expanding and the conferences getting stronger we're, we're only going to see and we're not going to see any non-conference matchups right. that are that are big like like we used to so but but we're we're going to get more of these more, matchups in the more, playoffs yeah, i'm so, about to say
1: and more inside the conference and exactly. so i guess that i don't mean to cut you off but I, that kind of is what has made me come around a little bit more to the uh, college football playoff expansion is all this realignment. It kind of just, it kind of makes it make it a little bit more sense before all the realignment was, it just was like, kind of like they were forcing it and force feeding us like just more football, like when we didn't really need, but like now with all the realignment and like you said, we're going to start getting more of those uh, matchups in the actual conferences, which is going to kind of cause more teams to lose. And um, I think we do kind of need to open up the playoff a little bit more to give more leniency and add more matchups and diversity. Um, Right. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see.
0: And that's another another bubble that I'm wondering when is going to pop. If you look at all American sports, the playoff has only expanded. NFL has added more playoff games over the years, and I think the NFL has recently just crossed over into the spot where it's too much um I think the playoffs should be a hard thing to get into mm-hmm. right it shouldn't be teams with 500 records getting into the playoffs so that's another thing that I'm that I'm worried about is like are they just gonna keep adding and adding because because one thing about people and, and especially sports they never want to take anything away or, or or admit they're wrong and go back but it's okay it's okay to admit you were wrong mm-hmm. something didn't work the way you wanted it to and take a step back it's okay so you know i don't mean to bring up nfl but no no, no. that's and just I mean, another that's just another thing it's like you know you keep adding these games and you make it easier to get into the playoffs, but now you have a seven and ten team in the playoffs. What is that?
1: I, I will say though, with the NFL, I feel like it's a bit different with than with college because it is at the end of the day, they are a professional team, right? And and we have seen these lower seeds in the NFL make the run. We haven't seen that, that in college true. football. That is true. Like
0: that is so, true. But I will say this but, win more games in the regular season and then you will make mm-hmm. the playoffs.
1: Agreed. I mean I can agree with that. I can't I can't disagree with that. So it's it's just I guess it really just depends. And we'll see. I mean the decisions have been made, right? So right. We're gonna get to see in twenty twenty four what it looks like. Um this new college football is um but let's focus on 2023 first, right? Because that's right here in front of us. Uh twenty twenty four is very exciting in a in a huge um kind of like um unknown territory that i'm sure everybody's excited to explore but uh, i'm sure 2023 has a lot of uh, chapters left in it itself as it begins to unfold itself with week zero um we've been we've been counting down the days and, and like we mentioned earlier on in our intro we are this game week so let's talk a little bit about some of these games um we'll just give our thoughts on real football that's about to be played in two teams that are playing this weekend are actually, uh, very interesting and, and could be two major factors in the playoff race for 2023. So I'm definitely, uh, interested to hear your thoughts on these two. Um, let's start off with, uh, I guess, where are they playing this game? Navy versus Notre Dame. Is this the game in Ireland or am I? Yes. Is it that is. a different game? Okay. So we have Navy taken on Notre Dame, um, in Ireland, um, Currently, the line is uh, minus 20 and a half for Notre Dame. So they're favored by three touchdowns. I think that's pretty fair. Um, they bring in uh, transfer quarterback. Um, what's buddy's name? Hartman. Uh, Sam Hartman. I- yeah. From Wake Forest. Um, Kids a beast. Marcus Freeman, year two, head coach. Um, so I'm just excited to see what these guys can do because I am personally a big fan of of Marcus Freeman, not only as a coach, but as a man, just listening to some of his, uh, interviews and speeches and some of the stuff he's done that I've seen on YouTube and Twitter and stuff like that. I'm just a fan of Marcus Freeman. Um, and I'm just excited to see, um, how he continues to grow as a head coach and if he can continue to carry on that Notre Dame legacy that, um, Brian Kelly left to him. Um, those are definitely some big shoes to fill, and I know it was kind of disappointing last year. They they struggled to kind of really get some consistent play at quarterback, um, wound, wound up having uh, one or two of their quarterbacks even transfer out, and then they brought in Sam Hartman. So it looks like they are hoping that he is still that star player that he was at Wake Forest before transferring to the Fighting Irish. So it'll be interesting to see them go against Navy. Don't know much about Navy. I mean, Navy is pretty much the same program (laughs) every year. Are they still Um, running triple option? I'm I'm assuming they are. I mean, (laughs) uh, like it's fair that Notre Dame is a a 21-point favorite. And I don't really think that we should kind of focus on Navy when we're talking. I think this is really just uh, a chance for Notre Dame to uh, have the spotlight, you know? There will be plenty of eyeballs on this game. um, And it will be definitely a showcase for Notre Dame to – Uh, highlight their their product or their talent. But uh, if Navy is able to make this a game, that's going to put some question marks in my head. Um, But what are your initial thoughts of of Notre Dame and just this game in general?
0: Man, last year, the game in Ireland was a banger. I don't know if you remember. It was. It was was Northwestern versus Nebraska. Yeah. (laughs) They made Northwestern look like a good football team. But Notre Dame is definitely going to be an interesting team to watch this year. Last year, what was your record? Eight and four. They started off pretty bad. Marcus Freeman started off like 0-4 as a head coach because I don't know if you realize they lost a bowl game in the 2021 season. So he started off losing a bunch of games, and then they kind of got it together towards the end of the season. They beat Clemson late in the year and a surprising one. They actually smacked him. I think they got – Two defensive touchdowns. That was a pretty wild game, and then they won their bowl game against South Carolina, if I remember correctly, which was another wild game. And they 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 ended the year on a high note. They brought in a top ten recruiting class. So I'm really, I shouldn't say excited because I don't like Notre Dame, but I will (laughs) be watching Notre Dame
1: for sure. I I want to
0: see how how. They are this year if they've gotten better. Um, To me, they're they're always going to be a question mark on offense until we see something out of them. But they got Sam Hartman. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And if I'm a fan of Notre Dame, I'm just looking at – I'm just looking for them to play well. Week one or week zero against Navy. The triple option can be tricky, but you should have so much more talent than them, especially on defense. That was their strong point last year. That the triple option shouldn't really worry you that much. Yeah, and I know. with a quarterback like Sam Hartman, you should have such an upgrade that you so should have no problem scoring against yeah. Navy week zero. So for some that's what for I'm real. just looking for. I'm just looking for them to play well, fly yep. around, and have fun out there. I mean, right. look, this is football. We back – Week zero, all the eyeballs are going to be on you. I just want to see the team go out there and play well.
1: For sure, um, give us give us a good something good to watch. You know, like we're all going to be excited. Like, yeah, exactly. Kyle's back, it's in we, Ireland. Come on now. Yeah, like we don't want to turn on a game and watch like a fourteen to zero slugfest sleeper like game where navy sticks hey. around and runs the ball for 22 minutes time of possession and sam hartman throws three interceptions and one touchdown to win the game in the last 30s <laughs> like come on we don't we don't want like we don't want to see that we want to see some crisp clean football domination i like to watch great i like to watch greatness i know a lot of people find blowouts boring and and i understand that and i guess when it gets some to games should number, be a
0: blowout though
1: but yeah, and and I enjoy watching those games that should be and, and like it's like all right, they're handling business. This is nice to watch. Like going out exactly. and watching a team execute and and do what they want and impose their will. To me personally, I enjoy watching that and like yeah, like I said maybe I'm not going to sit there for all four quarters and watch 63 to 0, but I won't I'll be more content than an ugly ass football game. I definitely don't want to see an ugly game. Um but even if we do get an ugly game, um later on that night We have the 8 p.m. kickoff with number 6 USC taking on San Jose State as the 2022 Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams returns to the field. Uh, We know the Trojans have high hopes this year, uh, missing out on the playoffs last year um, and losing uh, the combo to, to Lane. They hope to return to glory and make that playoff run. Win the Pac 12 in its final year of existence. Um, you know, Skim is interesting because San Jose State is a very, very heavy um, underdog. But I do, or I've heard, I haven't watched much of them, but I have heard that they do have a decent offense and that their quarterback is pretty solid. And if we all know anything about USC, especially last year, it is that their defense was a liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, A major liability. So um, I'm not going to sit here and predict that San Jose State makes it close or beats USC, but um, it'll be interesting to see if USC can, their defense in specific, can go out and contain San Jose State's uh, quarterback in that offense and and get some stops, create some turnovers, and and take the ball away a few times. Um, Because if not, and if, yeah, USC goes and wins this game 70 to 45, I'm not looking confident at USC if they're giving up 45 points to San Jose State week zero. So um, you definitely want to see, or what I'm looking for, is to see a nice clean game defensively um, from them. I'm I'm sure they'll be able to score at will. Uh, I'm not expecting any issues on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, maybe, but you never know. But I highly doubt it. Uh, But that defense is definitely going to be the highlight of this matchup in this game for me, as well as obviously watching Caleb Williams' future number one overall pick former Heisman winner play thoughts on this game and your rivals
0: you pretty much hit the nail on the head man Um, San Jose State does have Jay Butterfield Oregon fans should be familiar with him because he used to be on our team and I don't know if he's starting or not but if he is I'm just rooting for him to to do the best that he can and and just have to have a really great season this year. Um, they're probably not going to beat USC, but if I'm a USC fan, I pretty much feel the same way that I do about Notre Dame. I just want to see the team go out there and play well. You want to see Caleb making all the throws, which he probably will, but you want to see improvement from the defense. Um, Alex Grinch has been subject of a lot of scrutiny, this offseason, people saying that Lincoln should fire him because he was with him his whole t- the whole time in Oklahoma, and their defense was the weak point of the team. He's with him at USC, and the defense was the weak point of the team. So, look, to me, he should be on the hot seat. If their defense is the weak point again, I just don't understand what Lincoln Riley is doing. I don't think he'll ever win a national championship until he does fix it, no matter how many Heisman quarterbacks he has. So that's just what I'm looking for. I want to see the defense improve. We know USC is going to have a good wide receiver core with Mario Williams and Dorian Singer from Arizona, who had 1,000 yards last year. So, again, just looking for everybody to play well.
1: For sure. And then we do have a few other games. Um on that day, not going to get too deep into them, but I will mention uh, UTEP does go and visit Jacksonville State. UTEP is a one-point favorite. Um, Oddsmakers do think that this one will be a, a nail biter. I know UTEP was five and seven last year, um, but they have a pretty solid veteran offensive line that could give uh, Jacksonville State some issues. Um, but it's a big game for Jacksonville State which the, I guess uh, they're debuting as football bowl subdivision members, and they want to start that off with a win. Um, Ohio uh, travels to uh, San Diego State, I believe. I'm not sure if that's a site game. It might be a Nutrisite game, actually, but um, I know Ohio State is returning um, the MAC Offensive Player of the Year at quarterback, uh, Curtis Roke, Rourke. I know he had a knee injury at the end of last year, November, Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he recovers from that and if the Bobcats can go on the road and get this win. San Diego State is currently favored by three and a half. Um, I expect this to be probably one of the better games of the day. Um, Definitely will be checking that one out if I get the chance. And then we have uh, another Power 5 matchup. I guess we'll – not Power 5 matchup, but – a Power Five team featured in a matchup, maybe the worst one of them all. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Hawaii taking on Vanderbilt. Um, the Commodores, you know, they're not favorite often, you know, but they're actually double digit favorites here. They're they're favored by seventeen points. So Vegas feels like Vandy should win this game pretty easily. Um, their offense did take a couple steps last year. They beat Florida's ass. Um, so hopefully uh, they can continue to build and look good. Don't know much, anything about Hawaii. Uh, I think they have a new head coach or new something quarterback, but I don't know much else about them. Do you have any info on Hawaii at all? No, but we do play them this year, so. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess you guys will hear a little bit more about Hawaii later on this year once uh, <laughs> when we're breaking down that Oregon game, whenever we get to that. Um, UMass also um, travels and takes on New Mexico State. Um, FIU is at Louisiana Tech. Uh, a few other games, but those are pretty much the most notable ones, um, here in, in my opinion. Um, what about you, so have any other games that you thought were interesting or any other thoughts on, on these couple of games right here?
0: Not really, but I will say this. Well, I have two things. First is if Navy pulls off that upset, there's going to be a lot of sad Notre Dame fans on that long behind flight back. <laughs>
1: That's a long flight. Yeah, Imagine the so, fighting Irish losing to the, in Ireland – to the American Navy Academy.
0: Well, there was a lot of sad Nebraska fans flying back last year. Yeah, and that's another long flight. That flight was longer, but <laughs> <laughs> but but the other thing is, you see, everybody is mad about the Pac-12 collapsing and things like that. But this is why it's collapsing because. USC, who's ranked number six, by the way, is playing on Pac-12 Network. New Mexico is playing on ESPN. (laughs) Guess who is probably going to have more viewers, or at least the game's going to be more Mm -hmm. easily accessible? New Mexico Mexico. State versus UMass. This is, this is just unacceptable. Right. It makes no sense. And this is why USC left the conference first because that just should not happen. How do you have University of Southern California located in L.A. with a Heisman-winning quarterback, number right, number six to start the season, that's and wild. nobody's going to be able to watch the game. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch the game. I'll probably find a way. Yeah. Just because I always find a way. You got to <laughs> think about the average person. They're yeah. not going to be looking around. Under you laptop, know, finding man. exactly finding yeah. alternative ways and and going to three different bars to nah. to ask them which one of y'all has the USC game and right, things like right. that.
1: Listen, he's going to flip on ESPN.
0: Exactly, they're going to turn on TV. They're gonna look at whatever games is on their TV and they're gonna watch whichever one they want or yep. watch none of them, yep. because you know there isn't <laughs> a top team that week.
1: And, and my fault, I don't mean not interrupt, but like, isn't the point of playing week zero like so you? It's like less games, so like you, you would think like they're one of the two main teams. They would be one of the, uh, they should be one of the main networks. So exactly, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly.
0: Insane. And here's the other thing. <laughs> Apparently. They were trying trying to get Arizona State and Colorado to play week zero. But I don't know whose fault it was that they didn't make it happen, but the Pac 12 should have made it happen. Because think about it. It's Deion Sanders, first first game as the as the coach,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Kenny Dillingham, first game first as game. head coach. Right. Both of those teams are in similar situations. Obviously, nobody's quite at the level of Colorado. But they have new coaches, a whole bunch of transfers. We don't really know what to expect from either of those teams. And by the time that those two teams play during the season, they might already have terrible records and no one's going to care. So they should have put them week one. Maybe Colorado would have won the game and they they would be the talk of the town going into week two and week three. But no, they didn't make the game happen week zero and – I just feel like that's another missed opportunity for the Pac twelve, and this Agreed. is another reason why they're collapsing.
1: Agreed. It's, it's it's honestly sad, and you would think a major conference, a power conference like that, would be on its p's and q's, especially when it gets to play host and to, to some prestigious and and very strong schools like USC, Oregon, UCLA, Stanford. It's they they definitely fumbled that bag, and yeah. And it makes really sense why upset. the Pac-12 fans are so upset because there's really nothing they could do. Like you can only look at the people in power and blame them. Like, right? yep. nope. because it, it, it sucks. But the schools, I feel like, will eventually recover, and, and we've seen already most of the aftermath. Oregon and and, and USC, UCLA, and uh, Washington will be making their way to their new conference, and Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona, Utah will be making their way to their new conference. So it really just kinda of sucks, especially for those those leftover teams that are gonna have to continue to search and, and find their new home. But um but yeah. Um any other topics you would like to touch before we get out of here today?
0: I think that's it.
1: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, we definitely are going to try to come back to you guys. Maybe Thursday or Friday I work this weekend so'm not sure about this weekend but definitely before Saturday and we'll do a, a season preview we'll talk about all the conferences maybe give our winner we'll do our playoff predictions highs and predictions stuff like that um, preseason at least like it's still <laughs> you know what I mean but um, right we'll do that so I think that'll be fun um, other than that, man, if you made it this far into the show, we, uh, we appreciate all the love and support as usual. Um, we did just release our latest uh, merchandise over on our website for our main uh, brand page. If you guys didn't know, we do also have a clothing brand um, here at The Pigskin Live. We'll follow that brand at The Pigskin, just straight at The Pigskin on Instagram, or we can go to www.thepigskin.co www.thepigskin.co um, check our website out and our items out there also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Pigskin Live uh, if you like movies TV shows, things of that nature check out Steph's podcast Film Jet um, follow that page at Film Jet Pod on both Twitter and Instagram as well um, yeah man appreciate all the love and support we uh, actually, we will be at the UNC versus South Carolina game. So any people that are going to be there, hit us up.
0: Yes, sir. And look for us, for us on sure. TV.
1: You already know. <laughs> Definitely you going to see us on TV. Um, other than that, Steph, any last words? Any last remarks? Not really. Go Ducks. Go Gators. Peace. All right.